Hi, I'm Tina Spangler with TLC Barrels and welcome to my podcast. It is October 25th, 2022 and this is my Q&A number 115. This podcast has been designed for my virtual coaching group. It's a way to answer my group members questions weekly that come in so that the entire membership might have the same question and get it answered for them as well. So let's see here. I want to um, touch on um, MBHA World Finals. By this time, um, I think there's at least 20 in the group that are going. By this time, you guys have already been tuned up, practiced, ready to go, your horses feeling good. Now all that's left to do is pack your trailer and, and get your mindset correct. So a couple of things you should um, consider when you're trying to um, prepare for world is to not change anything. Trust the run that got you there. So um, that's really important as well, to just trust what got you there. Um, if you get there and you put all kinds of pressure on yourself or ride different or change some things, your horse isn't going to know what to expect because that's not the best run you guys have had. You're changing things. So what I always recommend is stick with the run that you, your best runs that you had and stay with that and don't treat it any different than that type of run, whether it's in your own local pin or whatever. But now the next step you have to think about is um, when you get there and I've been getting some messages, should I exhibition? Should I run in the, the um, I think they have like a sweepstakes or a jackpot before the main go arounds. And that honestly is an individual question. You kind of need to know your horse. Some horses do better to go in and do a calm exhibition and see what's in the arena. Others do better not to see it at all. Some do better to go in and maybe lope a slow exhibition and just get a feel for how your horse likes the ground and, and uh, let them see where the barrels are and the setup of the arena. Um, as far as having multiple runs, that again depends on your individual horse. Some horses are going to get where they don't run as hard and start getting more setty because of the barrels on the walls and the walls shut them down. So they're going to get more ratey or more setty and anticipate their turns more. So that horse might do better if you only run in the go-rounds. Um, and some horses do better if they don't have multiple back-to-back -back runs. So if you qualify for the finals in the first round, you might skip your second round and, and, um, and go from there. So, you know, every uh, association is set up different. Um, so you basically want to do what's best for your horse. And if your horse gets stronger each run, then you may choose to go ahead and do an extra run. Again, you have to look at your horse's fitness too. If your horse has uh, been competing in multiple day shows, they'll be more fit, fit and prepared for it. Um, remember also, these horses are going to be stalled more than usual. So make sure you get them out and walk them. And, um, and do a little bit more extra care for them um, to keep them feeling good. You know, that can be anything from your magnetic blanket, your poultice, beamers, magnawaves, um, just cold hosing them, you know, and just like I said, stretching them, walking them, things like that will be really good for them. So, so try to just remember there's certain things that you want to um, make sure you're getting accomplished. Um, Read something inspirational when you wake up in the morning, you know, pray and give some happy thoughts and thankfulness and such. 
The next thing you want to do is do some stretching and some walking for yourself when you wake up each morning. Eat healthy while you're there. Um, make sure you're keeping your horse on a good schedule. Um, also visualize yourself in that arena with your horse making a clean run. All those things are going to help you. Um, and there's one other thing you can do is send me your videos uh, just for, you know, having your coach there to as a second pair of eyes, you know, to see your exhibition or each go around anything that might help you for your next go around. Um, and don't forget to journal. That's really important to write down how you felt about things. And here's the final thing I'll mention on this before I get into the Q&A and topic for today. Be sure that you are, um, most of all, um, enjoying your horse. You know, there's you're in your, your horse is in their prime. You guys are in your prime. And you really just have to be so appreciative of every single run because there comes a time when these horses will have to retire and um and you want to really just not look back on it as boy i'm glad we had that time together i'm glad i enjoyed that moment so think of your horse vacation i know you want to go there and do well but it's also a really great time to make great memories with your family your friends and your horses so keep that first and foremost and after each run pet your horse and then settle down take time to look at your videos and your photos and then think about one thing you were really pleased with your run and then one thing you want to improve on for your next run. And then finally, um, you know, once you get good at doing things like that, doing some breathing exercises, that's this, this whole year leading to the end of this year, we've been talking about your goals and uh, visualizing and breathing for being centered and calm and confident and focused. And um, those are things that you should be pretty good at now and if you're not that's okay you just keep working at them every day and we'll be setting new goals in December for 2023 so um and that I'm going to give you guys a lot of exercises and things that you'll be able to do in 2023 that we'll start preparing for uh, in December so anyways um just to kind of get you guys back on track here um I just want to just wish you all to have a great time safe travels, safe, smooth runs. Remember, smooth is fast. Those smoother turns will make for faster times. So just go ahead and enjoy yourself, enjoy your horses, and um, and just have a great, great time. And I want all of you to do well and be proud of yourselves and, and, um, and just enjoy it. So let's see here. Um, right now, we have a couple challenges going for October, as I mentioned. The skill is smoother turns for faster times. Um, I've been putting tips in the uh, in the group all week long. I did some slow motion reviews of uh, Jordan on Rolo and Donna on Valor and Haley on Sister. I plan to do some more NFR runs next week um, or NFR qualifiers next week. And just because I think by putting them in slow motion and you can see their hand positions, their body position, the approach, their timing, timing their pockets, um, you know, the spots that they ride to, where they look, all those things can show you how the best of the best, you know, winning, you know, almost 200,000 to 70,000 a year at barrel racing are doing it. And of course, each one of those horses that I did has a different style and each rider does as well. So I think it's, there's certain things that you'll see that's a common factor. I also did a couple of my mares. I think I did 
Maggie, Belle, and Briscoe. I need to do sister still. But I just wanted to show you, I practice what I preach. I show clear go cues, clear rate cues, and clear turn cues. And you'll see that my, I don't touch them with my hands in the turn. And I see a lot of the members in the group that really need to work on that by not using their hands in the turn so much. And you'll see that through those NFR riders that I mentioned, how light their hands are in the turns. They help their horses drive out of their turns. They help them prepare for a turn, but then they let them work in the turns they might use their body and their legs and their eyes but their hands are light super light just a soft guiding hand and um and that's the key to barrel racing you've got to let these horses work you've trained them now you have to trust them um if you trained them with your hands that's going to be an issue that's why um we're going to talk about that in the topic today how i pattern a barrel horse so um hopefully we'll have time so i'm going to get into the questions and by the way i have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven more videos to do today. I lost a half a day yesterday because I had to go to the vet with Maggie to get x-rays. <coughs> Apparently, my horses are trying to see how much my heart can take. But um, my, I've had my vet say that um, a lot of times when older horses get in their 20s, um, their metabolic issues can change and so can their feet. So I've been having some hoof problems. I lost sister to uh, founder and Maggie starting to show laminitis. And so anyways, took her in for x-rays and she had some rotation and some dropping. And now I've got to get it um, under control with some changes in diet and her, um, her shoes. So no more alfalfa. Maggie's going to be bad about that. She always got orchard and alfalfa, but they, they don't want her to have any of that. And I've got to soak her hay 30 minutes and and put it in the hay net after it soaks for 30 minutes or put it in the hay net and soak it for 30 minutes and then hang the hay net. So, which is a good idea. So if anybody ever wants to know how to do that, because she won't eat it. They won't eat their hay wet in the in the tub, but I never thought to put the, the hay in the hay net, soak it, and then hang the net. That was a good idea. So <coughs> hope that helps somebody because it definitely helped me. Um, and uh, I also didn't know that um, Maggie would access a couple times a year not hard just for a day or two but she was always better within a few days but they said that's a um that can be a side effect of laminitis um and so but i because she's always had um, retired from navicular syndrome symptoms and her right front foot was always the worst one her left not bad i just thought she was having like arthritis days or um you know abscess I never even thought of laminitis, um, but apparently that's what it was. So, so anyways, I guess that's the moral to the story. If anybody learns anything from me is to get those senior citizens checked out, maybe x-ray them once a year or something or every two years and keep track of their um, stuff a little closer. I, I never dealt with that one before, you know, Callie and Cash and Buddy all pass from different reasons so this is my first time with sister and maggie dealing with this and i have to say it's definitely a horrible horrible disease so um anyways enough of that and uh all right so uh, i hope you all are enjoying those top 15 videos like i mentioned i also want to do a quick housekeeping before i get into the topic and the questions for the new members um just remember there is the members only website and there I have 150 videos organized by topic. 
there's everything starts at the bottom with cult starting and then foundation, uh, drills, um, tune-ups, how to pattern your horse, adding speed, um, in uh, what drill to use for what reason. Um, there's stuff on equipment, nutrition, um, a lot of different uh, things, extra care, saddles, rein length, stirrup length. There's videos on just about everything there. Those videos have all been shared in the group too. So if you're ever looking for a specific video, go to the top of the search box in the uh, magnifying glass or the search box at the top of the group. And you can just type in uh, rain length and a video will pop up on rain length or, or stirrups or something or first barrel, whatever you're looking for. So, um, <coughs> so also for the new members, there's an original podcast done on the very first challenge when you join do hope every single member has taken part in that. Um, it uh, talks about uh, goal setting and um, your schedule, you know, your schedule daily that's going to help you reach your big goal, your pre-run routine, um, your positive mindset and mental toughness for competition, how to calm yourself and get focused. Um, it also talks about, you know, making improvements and all of that. So, and, you know, it talks about journaling, which is a huge part of anyone's success in competition is tracking your progress. And that's why I made a little newer uh, performance tracker for my barrel racing log and made it more room to draw your patterns and, and make some notes and stuff in there. So anyways, um, it doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be, you know, two inches thick on notes, you know, just a little couple notes for each arena, each run. And then you can always go back and say, okay, last time I was in this arena, I need to do this this time, you know, and that, that kind of stuff. So it's very helpful if you have some notes because you'll forget in six months from now. So if you have your little journal, you can go back and say, okay, last time I was here, I needed more pocket at third barrel. Or last time I was here, I didn't set up my arc correct for first barrel or I didn't push to the wall on second barrel. So you just make yourself little notes in there. All right, so the very first question is, my horse is rushing into the turns, which causes us to stall out. <clears throat> so that's exactly why I talk about how I pattern horses. I believe in easy in, easy around, and hurry out. If you just rush these horses around a barrel, um, and I've seen um, between the reins lately, been doing these videos where they go, these little futurity calls really fast around the barrels. Um, that's fine because they're very skilled uh, and talented people. But if you put a person who's learning to do that, that's going to cause so many issues. That's going to make for a horse that's got bad form, that's swinging their butt, crowding the shoulder into the turn because you don't know what they, the feel that they have. They have a feel for what they're looking for and a shape and a reaching with the shoulder, pushing with the hips, the four-wheel drive. So that's why I recommend. I'm a little bit more like a Dina Kirkpatrick or Lisa Lockhart attitude that you do perfect circles, five feet, 10 feet with proper form, you know, with feeling that eye to the inside or nose to the inside a little, shoulder and ribs feel like they're out a little, hip feels like it's in a little, and then you're using give and take pressure and the horse is maintaining a fluid four-wheel drive with the shoulders reaching and the hip pushing, but there's collection. And that's why I push on it being a smooth motion. Some of you in the group, all of a sudden your first barrels have gotten better. And I'll say, what did you do? 
and they'll say, I've been working on my transitions. I've been working on my horse rating off my seat, post trot to a sit jog, high lope to a slow lope, loose rein, whoa, all those things, getting my horse paying attention to my seat. <clears throat> so if you have a horse that rushes in, you need to work on transitions and they need to know every time they get to a circle or a barrel, they need to slow down, like doing a half halt, shorten their stride. That's what rate means for anybody who doesn't know. Shorten your stride, slow down and, um, and stay in that speed until you ask them with your seat or energy to go faster again. So you need to work on circles and straight lines where you're you're, you have a go cue, a rate cue, and then a perfect circle cue, and they don't speed up in the circles. And then you can apply it to your pattern. Most likely, someone let them charge into the turns in their training, and that's why it's become a bad habit. So once you perfect your transitions from straight lines to circles, your barrel pattern will get better. And then when you do practice the barrels, always do easy in, hurry out, or just work on if they're a hot horse, just always be easy in, easy around, and just a little bit out, but not a lot. Um, and that will fix that. Uh, question, how do I pick up a shoulder? Okay, so uh, we don't actually, like, in biomechanics of a horse, you're not actually bending the ribs and picking up a shoulder. It's more of a saying that people say, um, but it's a feel that you want to feel, like counter arcing. If you're counter arcing, the faces to the outside of the circle or direction you're going and then the shoulders to the inside so <clears throat> when we say pick up a shoulder we just want the shoulder to the outside and what that means is taking a horse if you've ever ever ridden a horse it's stiff as a board it's a horrible feeling that they're not um, able to give to rain pressure and you can't isolate their head and their neck and their shoulders and their ribs and their hips but once you teach a horse to be soft and Oh, excuse me, responsive, <clears throat> and they learn to give to pressure and move away from pressure, you'll then be able to, I wouldn't say pick up a shoulder as much as it is, is soften a shoulder or move a shoulder over. Because anytime you can push a shoulder out, that's automatically going to put a hip in. And when the shoulders go out, the ribs will go out. And then same thing when the shoulder goes in, the ribs kind of go in. So it's just um, gravity. If the shoulder's out, the hip's in. If the um, shoulder's in, the hip's out. That's why you don't ever want to counter arc into a turn because when they're strung out and their butt swinging, they could fall down, get hurt. Also, they lose time because their power is in their hindquarters. So, so that's what that means. So, um, it's really just a, a feeling, um, a feeling where you can guide their nose and put the shoulder and rib to the outside or soften it to the outside of the circle. And that's going to put that hip in. So I hope that answers that question. Um, let's see here. This was a comment on a on the question, uh, another question that came in about being consistent with your horses. Um, horses become, and I'm going to talk about that in the topic today when I start talking about how I teach the pattern. You have to be consistent with horses, consistent with your cues, your body, your repetition. That's how you gain the confidence of a horse, and that's how they learn. So I'll talk about that as we go into the topic. Um, the next question did you train your, oh, do I train my horse in the arena mainly? Okay, no. When I first start a horse that comes in for training, I go to the round pin and I do things on the ground to make sure that we have uh, trust and respect and communication and cues. I'll do desensitizing. I don't care whose horse it is. You could tell me your horse is a, 
as a 1D pro horse, I'm still going in the round pen with them because I, that's where I meet the horse. That's where we say hello. That's where I get to know their buttons. So I do a day on groundwork on any horse. It might be a week on a horse that has some issues like they're scared or don't trust me or, or have some other issues that holes in their foundation. But then I go to the arena and once, once my horses are good and they understand me in the arena, I get out in the pasture as soon as possible. I was very blessed for 19 years to live next to 500 acres of cattle and ponds and trees and pastures. And that's where I did most of my training. I would use the whole pasture and make huge X's and do two tracking and, and leg laterals and um, make giant X's through the pasture. I would use the pasture and do big figure eights around trees or bushes. Um, I would just do transitions out there using this, the whole square rectangle of the pasture. Um, the thing about pastures is it's good for the horse's mind, but you got to watch the ground for ant holes and turtle holes and things like that. So just be careful when you ride in the pastures. <coughs> and you may want to let people know when you go off by yourself too. I used to text someone, hey, I'm going to be out in the cow pasture for an hour. If you don't hear from me, send 911. Especially if I was by myself on a colt or something. <coughs> it's good to let someone know when you're out there. Um, anyways, uh, let's see here. The next question was about getting cuts in the corner of a horse's mouth and um, from the bit. Okay, so my answer to that is any bit that slides, you should consider rubber bit guards. They make them in Velcro ones. Those are easier to put on than the ones that are solid. Um, they have kinds that stitch up, you know, or you could even cut your own bit guards and, and put some leather twine in them and make your own on and off bit guards. But, um, but bit guards are definitely important. Also a smooth mouthpiece versus a twist if a horse has got a really sensitive mouth and another thing is you can consider there's a product called latex I think it's called and you can put that on the bit in the corners and that will soften it up for the horse as well um, they use it a lot on race horses that have sensitive you know mouths on those two-year-olds so so anyways that would be in English too <clears throat> so that would be something you could consider doing as well um, the next question Hands for lighter drills. Let's see here. Oh, okay. What drills would help get my hands lighter? Sometimes I can't read my own notes. Okay. The D pattern. Absolutely 100%. Walk, trot, and lope, both directions. One-handed, the D pattern. There is no better drill for an open horse, a novice horse, a free runner, a push horse, than doing the D pattern, but make it big, as big as you have room for in the beginning. You don't have to make it small. Um, uh, you know, eventually you might want to do five foot circles around the barrel, but you can start out with 10, 10 foot circles around the barrel, even 20 foot if your horse isn't very educated yet. And, you know, and then your big D, you can make it, you know, 60 feet, 80 feet, 100 feet, whatever you have room for. Bigger is going to be easier. Smaller is going to require more finesse <clears throat> and it's going to feel more realistic to a barrel pattern which would be a five foot circle around the barrel so anyways the d pattern would absolutely help with that remember to pay attention to details hands is a big deal when you're running between the barrels sometimes you'll be thumbs up pinkies down and have two hands on the rein you might do a two hand check or one hand check you might not have to bump at all um and then in the turns you might go flat knuckles and put your hand in the middle of the neck and forward and that'll give your horse total freedom in the turn with no contact on the rein 
In your slow work, you might just twist your pinky under to shape your horse, or you might bring your hand back and up an inch with thumbs up. Um, you just pay attention to what your hands, and I challenge you to do all three of those things the next time you ride. Feel how your horse feels when you ride two hands, thumbs up. Feel how your horse feels when you do knuckles down, when you're turning a circle. Um, and feel what your horse feels like when you do a pinky twist to shape them. With, and always use a hand and leg cue together. That's important. Or a hand and seat cue together. But don't just ever do the hand by itself. Always use a voice, a seat, or a leg with it. And remember, your hand should be your lightest cues. <clears throat> Let's see here. Rider's cues for smoother turns. Okay. So, um, let's see here. Uh, here we go again. 25 minutes and I haven't even got to the topic. I'm glad we're getting so many questions though. That's awesome that we're getting so many questions. So I'm going to go ahead and get into the topic a little bit. Writer's cues for smoother turns. Okay. So that's so important. Um, when I train to the barrels after they have a super solid foundation, let's say they can walk, trot and lope the D pattern. Perfect then I'm going to be focusing now on my spots and I'm going to be very consistent with my repetition with these horses. Um, you guys, if you want to see how I pattern, you can go to chapter four and um, that's uh, in the new notebook. It's page 22 to page 25. And I talk about how I pattern and, and I talk about first barrel, second barrel, third barrel. I talk about my uh, spots. I talk about a schedule for a beginner barrel horse in there. Um, I talk about adding speed, keeping desire and want to in a horse. And, um, I also talk about education with speed and how it takes time. So, but, but the, the key, basically what I'm saying in this, in this chapter is how important TLC spots are. You want two strides or eight for each barrel and you want, um, two strides around each barrel. You want to have a horse rate. One stride before the barrel, another stride when your leg's at the barrel. And then you want them to get in the hole, you know, for their first stride around the barrel. You always want their front and back feet to go to each spot, the entrance, the backside, and the exit. <clears throat> and you got to know where your pivot spots are. First and third, your pivot spots happen between spot two, the backside, and spot three, the exit. Second barrel, it's a full turn and the one that most people find challenging because you have to move over, change leads, and your pivot spot doesn't happen until spot three. You have to sit longer on that barrel and you have to use your eyes and your inside hip to finish that turn between spot two and three where you could get away with looking up and using your hip a little sooner on spot two on first and third on, on some horses. If you're on a rollback horse, you want to ride to spot three every single time. If you're on a four-wheel drive horse, you can get away with looking up at spot two. So again, you have to know your horse. Um, but these are all things that are super important to me. Um, so when I'm training the barrels, I train the barrels exactly how I'm going to compete on the barrels. At a walk, and then when they do it perfect at a walk, and when I say perfect, they go where I say off my go cue. They rate off my seat. They turn off my body, not my hands. I might use a little inside leg going in, a little outside leg coming out, depending on the horse. But my main thing is going to be my eyes and my body. I'll back it up with a little voice, hand and leg as needed. But ultimately, I'll move to the next speed when I know they understand it. So then I might post trot, sit jog. Posting between the barrel for the extended and sit jog around for the collected. 
And then when I'm ready to lope, I might lope to the barrel, trot around it and really emphasize the correct leads and always, always moving over to position, proper position, proper timing, repetition and consistency all lead to a horse being very consistent for you. Remember that first barrel is a three quarter turn. So that's the barrel that you want to make sure your alleyway approach is important. I believe in the alleyway, you should ride to the alleyway one-handed petting your horse because two hands means it's time. So ride one-handed as you go to the alleyway. Line up with third barrel. You know, have a plan for that arena. If it's a super wide arena and huge pattern, you could be a little bit inside of the third barrel towards your first. But if it's a tiny pattern, line up with third. And then decide if it's a long score or short score. Long score, you go up the middle for a few strides, maybe four before you head to your arc. Short score, you might only go up the middle one or two strides and then to your arc. But always use your eyes to ride up the middle, then arc, then spot one, then spot two. And rollback horses, think of spot three, four-wheel drive horses. After you get to spot two, you can start to look up for your next barrel. Um, but it's really important where you look is where you go. Horses focus on the barrel because that's what they can see. You need to focus on the dirt that where you want to go. I often tell riders to think that they're like an eagle hunting the field mouse and really focus exactly where they want their horses to go. Pick a piece of dirt that you want to ride to. Fix, pick a footprint. If you're first on the ground, pick a spot next to the barrel or past the barrel. It's amazing how looking past the barrel will help you ride straighter longer. Looking down a horse's neck, lifting a hand, those are all gonna get you in trouble. Um, separate rate and turn. You know, some horses do better if you stay two hands until you get to your first stride of rate. Um, some horses you need to stay hands two hands until you get in the hole. Um, some horses you gotta sit up till you get to the barrel. Some horses you gotta sit down four strides out. Again, you, you if you're on a free runner, you're gonna prepare them three or four strides from the barrel. If you're on a young horse, you need to prepare them three or four strides from the barrel. If you're on a push horse, you can sit up until you get in the hole, sometimes all the way around. Um, it just depends on the individual. But um, but anyways, uh, treat every, every horse uniquely, but never, ever, ever underestimate. Um, I could go, tr my girls only probably competed twice a month. Um, they averaged 30 to 40 runs a year. And I trained horses, so I didn't get to, to um, compete with them a whole lot. But I had to get my mental game tough before each competition. And I, I take off that trainer's cap of client horses, put on competitor's cap. So how did I do that? My girls just need to stay fit in the cow pasture. So we did a lot of long trotting out there. We checked some buttons while we were out there, face flex, leg laterals, blah, 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 circles, things like that. Um, but every time I come back from the pasture, I take them in the arena and I do maybe one drill or I would just walk or sit trot around the barrels and I'd show them where I wanted them and how I wanted them to feel. And then I'd put them up. So they always associated the barrel pattern, go through the barrel pattern once or twice. We were done, get our cookies, our bath and back to our, our pasture. So, um, so it just gave us confidence in each other, what to expect on race day. And that's all it took was one or two times through at a walk or trot and we were good to go. And, um, and that's how it should be on an open horse. A novice horse, you're going to do more, you know, three sets of trots, maybe three sets of lope on your, on your, uh, futurity cult or your horse you're training or your, your novice horse, you know, they might need the repetition, but your open horses, they don't. So that's how I did my horses. Um, I felt, 
I uh, some people just pony horses, some people hot walker them. I love the bonding time of getting on my horses and going out and trail ride or, you know, things like that. Or one day a week doing something in the arena as a team, you know, a drill or slow barrels or something. And two or two or three days out in the cow pasture or whatever. That's how I always did my thing. But but anyways, um, so to each their own, whatever works for you. Um, and everybody's going to have their own program. My idea is I'm just sharing my program with you and you can take parts of it and add it to yours. And that's, you know, and use what you like and don't use what you don't. But I do believe it should be 50-50. In the beginning, like I've said, it's 80-20. Um, you're doing most of the work, but eventually the horse is going to start catching on. And it's going to be 60-40. And then, you know, after a year or two, it finally becomes 50-50. They understand your go cue, your rate cue, and your turn cue, and it's mainly off your eyes and your body. So um, anyhow, that's the main goal. And when I practice, I usually do like a 5-4-3 pocket around a horse. I might give them five feet going in, four feet on the backside, three feet coming out. But I find a lot of people don't ride their horse's butts into the turn, so I'll have people practice five feet going in, five feet on the backside, and three feet out. You know, even though in competition... We might just go, you know, three, two, one around the barrels. Um, but but I do like to um, practice a little bit extra room because I want these horses paying attention to me. I never go more than five feet, even if I'm doing an in and out drill, unless for horses. Let's say I have a horse that just won't stay four wheel drive. They are sticky and stalling out or they're real stiff rollback horse. I'll do 10 foot circles around the barrel and I'll never get closer than 10 feet to the barrel. I'll do post trotting around the barrel, sit trotting around the barrel, loping around the barrel, walking around the barrel, but never 10 feet around it. That's it. Now, if I have a horse that rollbacks and wants to hit barrels leaving, I won't do true turns. I'll do circles. So I'll do a perfect five foot circle around that horse um, if I'm working the barrels. Perfect five foot circle and only straighten up after I leave the barrel. Otherwise, I'm flexing them at spot one, two, and three, keeping them nice and round and soft. Um, and then of course the horse that, um, the horse that, you know, is learning, you want to be exact. So you might just use four foot going in, four foot on the backside and three feet coming out. Again, it depends on the horse's size, stride and style. You know, your big Bubba might need the five foot, your average horse, four foot, your little caddy horse, maybe only three foot, but I've known some big horses that turn like little horses and three foot is perfectly fine for them. So like I said, the style matters too not just size and stride um so again you just have to train for the individual don't cookie cut so you can change your timing and your position a little bit from horse to horse but then i would be consistent with it because here's the things that are never going to change the horse is going to know you're always going to give them the same cues and you're always going to have one right and two lefts or one left and two rights but it's going to change in arenas, right? The arenas are going to look different. The ground's going to be different. They're going to be different sized patterns. You're going to run on 14 second patterns, 16 second patterns, you know, 18 second patterns. You're going to be on all different patterns. Um, barrels on the fence, barrels out in the open, deep ground, hard ground, that changes. But your cues and your position, your timing, that sh your timing will change, but your position and your cues should not change. Your horse should know what that means from you consistently. And that's that's really important. And timing and feel is horsemanship. It's not something, some people are naturals at it. Just They just naturally have a great seat, great hands, great timing on a horse. They're just naturals. Other people, you know, spent years to become good at that. 
and other people are still learning that and you can learn it and you just have to put in the effort if you're not riding a little bit every day it's going to be hard the reason why trainers can outride people is because they spend eight hours a day five six days a week in the saddle probably six or seven days sometimes um and that's why i got an advantage because I spent, you know, six days a week riding horses. So if you work full time and you have one horse, it's going to take you longer. So you have to be patient <laughs> with that, <coughs> but you will get there. So, um, and that's why it's important you try to ride every day. I'm not saying work the barrels every day, but spend time with your horse. You can do a whole lot of stuff away from the barrels, suppleness, collection. Um, you know, there's a whole lot of stuff you can do away from the pattern to really get with your horse and also remember education with time or education with speed takes time um if you start having any problems um or making mistakes just slow things down get smoother turns again smooth turns are always going to be faster times so make sure your horse does it correctly and remember if you're having you know emotional anxiety or dreading something oh that was the other question i forgot to write down a horse having alleyway issues um and the rider knows it's because the horse is getting disrespectful, the horse is getting nervous, and the rider knows this horse doesn't do it at, at any arena except for this one arena. So I think the rider's anticipating it, so the horse senses it. So you need to change things up if that's the case. You know the horse isn't sore because he's not doing it anywhere else, just one certain arena. So that particular arena, you mean may need to gate him more. You may need to carry an over and under on your horn because it's a respect issue and you may need to keep forward motion walk trot lope go if the horse starts to stop and back up take them in some circles one rein stop disengage hindquarters lift that whip up if they don't go forward then over and under them once and see if they'll go forward but i can tell you this the people who get dependent on people and horses getting them in the arena those are just band-aids your horse should respect you and trust you the exception to that rule of course it would be a child but if you're a teen or an adult, that's something you want to work on, your horse and you bonding and your horse respecting you and trusting you and going in because you asked them to. Now, again, this is about respect and nerves. This isn't a horse that's got bleeding lungs or ulcers or anything like that or overpressured or going too often or anything. This is just a horse that's testing their owner at one specific arena because that's a place where the rider used to get really nervous. And I can tell you, nervous riders can make horses alley sour. Riders that think negative thoughts, like, oh my God, they're going to do it. The horse does it. Horses know what you're thinking before you know what you're thinking. So pay attention really carefully to that. It's super important. Horses read body language because that's how they communicate in life. You know, we're more verbal. They do everything through body language. So they know if you're thinking negative thoughts. So work on that um, and get get through that. Um, so, so there are things that are really important. If you start going faster, you may have to rate sooner until the horse puts it together. Um, you know, because you want to make sure you're getting in the hole into your pivot spots consistently. And if you're missing your spots, um, then, then that means you've got to start communicating with the horse sooner with the new speed until they learn how to handle it. So I hope that was helpful for you guys. Um, I didn't read it word for word, so I would definitely recommend I sent you an email when you signed up with my notebook. Go back and read that chapter um, or buy the book on Amazon. It's there for 10 bucks. I sell it dirt cheap so that you guys can have 
a tool that's in your hands to, to mark with a marker and read and blah, blah, blah. So I want to go ahead and close by saying a few things. Um, the other challenge we're having this month was the mindset, which is believe. You have to believe in yourself. You have to believe in your horse. And um, and I believe in all of you. You know, it it's definitely not an easy road. There's a lot of bumps in this road. You have lame horses. You have bad luck. You have sicknesses. You have finances that come up. But then you know what? You have those glorious runs where they say the new time to beat or the winner is. And your name is followed behind that. And that just ignites your fire and makes you want to go at it even more. Um, it's definitely an adrenaline rush and there's nothing better than laying down an awesome run with your horse. If you're a true, a, a, a speed junkie, like adrenaline junkie, like we are as barrel racers. So, um, just want to close saying that, um, first of all, I want to let you guys know, I'm going to offer an upgrade to my coaching group for anybody who needs more one-on-one, -on -one, um, that can't come for a lesson or a clinic because you're far away. I'm going to offer for $60 a month, you know, in addition to the $15 a month, a two hour um, video call. You can do however you want. You can do it one hour, two, two, two videos, one hour each, or we can do two hours at one time for $60 or you can do $30 for one hour, whichever works better for you. Um, but that's an upgrade. If you want me to talk to you one-on-one, uh, -on -one, uh, video chat or watch you ride. Um, you know, I can watch you ride, whatever, whatever it is that you need that for that $30 an hour or $60 for two hours. Um, that's an upgrade that I'll be happy to do for you guys in a video chat, video phone call. And that'll give you more one-on-one -on -one time. Cause right now the prices are set for me to coach to all members at one time. And then you get your, uh, your video reviews as well. Um, which is an awesome bonus and a really good deal. And then secondly, I wanted to say, um, if you refer a friend or give me a shout out on Facebook, I always appreciate that because this is how I pay my bills. And, um, and I've been in business for 30 years on word of mouth. So that's the best thank you I can ever get from anybody. So thank you for that. For all of those of you that have already done that for me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And number three, and finally, remember when you compete, you're only competing against yourself um, and you should only have one goal per run or per ride that you're focused on and just work on being better, you know, than yourself from the last time. Um, it can be through your mindset. It can be a better cue. It can be a better position or timing, or maybe you're the person that's so hard on yourself already. You just need to go have fun and make it fun again. Some of you, it might just be having more focus or having a better game plan. Everybody's a little bit different. So that's why it's important to journal. And um, and there are some of you that are way too hard on yourself. There's some of you that take it way too serious and don't laugh and have fun enough. So remember to have balance. You know, we want to win, yes, but we also want to enjoy it. Because when we look back, you're not going to remember the saddle and buckle as much as you're going to remember the, the time with your horse or the laughs with your friends. Um, those are things that are going to stand out, you know, while you're chasing your goals and your dreams. So, so just remember that. And as always, ride with heart and God bless and have a great time at, at uh, World for all of you that are going. Thank you.